Hey everyone, welcome to Brain Health with Dr. Nissen. In this show, we explore the universe's great unknown, the human brain. In my reflections and interviews with guests, we'll go to the forefront of psychiatry, neuroscience, nutrition, and medicine to see how we can enhance our mental health, sharpen our cognition, and reach better performance. This is Brain Health, and I'm Dr. Nissen. Let's dive right in. In this episode, you will learn about sleep and its importance for learning. You will learn about how new information is encoded in the brain and the importance of non-REM slow-wave sleep in the solidification of those new memories. You will learn as well about the role of beta amyloid plaques in Alzheimer's dementia and the glymphatic system and its ability to remove those beta amyloid plaques and you will learn a couple different theories about new ways to increase our ability to learn as well as improve our sleep quality and decrease our risk for Alzheimer's dementia. Sleep is a very important activity in human function uh, and it serves a really important role in learning. Uh, so one way to think about sleep and how it impacts our learning is to think about uh, when the sleep occurs in relation to the learning. So the sleep that happens before a session of learning is really important for our um, information's first arrival into our hippocampus. Our hippocampus is kind of like a, it's like a, re- a receiving center, sort of like a, an inbox. And um, it's, it's not the same as sort of deep integration of that knowledge into long-term memory, but rather uh, it's more short term. So what happens is that we see uh, there, there's this one study that was done with college, college students that showed that when they were sleep deprived, uh, they had difficulty learning new information. And so learning that can happen after sleep deprivation can be lost uh, if we don't get sufficient sleep. And then this compares to sleep that happens after our learning, which is really uh, important for consolidating our memories and consolidating our learning and taking it from the hippocampus out to the outer cortex of our brain. Uh, so what happens is that um, during these slow wave parts of our sleep, the, the deep non-REM parts of our sleep, uh, what's happening is these um, patterns that are repeating, um, these learning patterns that are in our hippocampus are actually played through multiple times uh, more quickly, like 10 to 15 times more quickly. So if you um, think about like playing the piano, for instance, uh, if you're trying to learn a different progression, you'll start by playing it slowly, and then eventually it'll pick up and you'll be going much more quickly, 10 to 15 times more quickly. And that's kind of what happens in our uh, sleep consolidation of of knowledge is that um, instead of the short progression uh, or the slow progression, of what we are learning, it's repeated over and over again, helping to transfer it from short-term to long-term memory into our outer cortex. Um, So uh, this is, like I was saying, this is mediated through uh, this non-REM sort of slow wave sleep that happens. And in fact, uh, this uh, slow wave sleep is uh, really um, changed by our aging process. And actually it's not just the aging process, it's really uh, related to beta amyloid plaque uh, aggregation and changes in our medial prefrontal cortex. So our medial prefrontal cortex is at the front of our 
our brain, you know, part of some of the structures that are the last on us to form. And uh, what happens is um, in this one study, they were looking at the, uh, the uh, changes in older adults and, and indeed changes in that area of the medial prefrontal cortex, like changes like uh, shrinking of the substance there or uh, of deposits of beta amyloid plaques forming. Uh, this can get in the way of this uh, important electrical uh, signaling of the slow waves that's happening in this uh, slow non-REM sleep. And so what happens is uh, sort of this vicious cycle happens as we get older, where uh, actually around the age of 50, this is according to uh, the PhD uh, Matthew Walker, who's a, a who does research on sleep. He says around the age of 50 that uh, about 50% of our slow non-REM sleep um, is present, and that um, drops precipitously nearly undetectable by the by the age of 80. So past then, we're getting very little of this um, slow wave non-REM sleep. And so we're having difficulty with consolidating these memories into um, long-term memory, which is so important for our learning. Um, so uh, what can happen then in this vicious cycle is that uh, we get worsened um, sleep quality. And because we're getting worsened sleep quality, that actually increases the amount of beta amyloid plaques that are building in our brain. And as they build, specifically in the medial prefrontal cortex, that continues to inhibit and get in the way of this um, of this slow wave non-REM sleep. Um, so it, it sort of creates a snowballing effect um, that results in worse uh, sleep quality and worse memory and worse long-term uh, uh, memory formation. So uh, I touched on this a little bit with what I was just speaking about, which is the role of, um, of amyloid plaques, beta amyloid plaques, uh, and dementia in Alzheimer's. So beta amyloid plaques are these proteins you can think of them like little, you know, chunks of protein, little pebbles that uh, get stuck in our brain. They're produced um, in our in our brain, and they're washed away on a daily basis as we're sleeping, and also during other activities like exercise. Um, so what happens is uh, when we actually go to sleep, there's a system known as the glymphatic system. Uh, so just like our lymphatic system, which carries our lymph. Uh, to our lymph nodes, it, it's it's a fluid that um, that helps to clean out different tissues and rid our bodies of of some of these different uh, sort of toxins and things like that in, in our body. And so, what's happening in the glymphatic system is this is actually a system uh, formed by the glial cells in the in the uh, central nervous system. And uh, along our our blood vessels, they they line up and they form these canals where fluid, cerebral spinal fluid, can uh, flow. And what it does is it's uh, every night there's a washing out of these protein plaques that are forming in our brain. And that's one of the most important uh, features of sleep is that it allows us a time for this to all wash out. And that's because um, different imaging studies mostly on mice, have demonstrated that the amount of space between the cells, the intercellular space, can increase by as much as 60% when, um, when we are asleep. And so if you imagine 
it's like our cells are, um, our, our neurons are like, are like our teeth. And, um, and this is sort of like flossing between the teeth. When we uh, go to sleep, this intracellular uh, space expands just like as if our teeth were to move apart. And that allows for there to be an easier washing out of the space between the teeth. Um, so if we're not getting enough sleep, that there's no washing out of the space between the cells, between the neurons. And so you get these, these hunks of beta amyloid plaque that gets stuck there uh, and that can impede um, our neurotransmission. It can get in the way of our brain's function. So uh, it's really important that we get good sleep quality because um, uh, because uh, it's been found that as much as about 40% of our total amyloid uh, plaque quantity can be removed uh, in a night of sleep. Um, and, and, and actually, there are very severe effects of even just occasional sleep deprivation. Um, a sleep deprivation of 36 hours in one study was shown to have a reduction, um, or sorry, was shown to have an increase in beta amyloid um, uh, substance in the brain by 25 to 30 percent. So the the impacts of of um, of sleep deprivation can be quite severe. And, and actually, another interesting mouse uh, study that I was reading was looking at the importance of uh, body posture, whether that had any impact on the glymphatic system and the washing away of the beta amyloid plaques. And actually, this one study found that the mice that were uh, laying sideways actually had a greater glymphatic current. So, uh, so there's this theory out there of whether or not uh, being a side sleeper is actually an evolutionary advantage in the pr in the protection against um, uh, against Alzheimer's and dementia. So, uh, and there's also some theories out there about the role of um, gravity, and that uh, for a lot of different creatures, um, they tend to sleep in situ in uh, inclinations that slightly have their head above their feet to allow. Uh, presumably uh, that there'd be some benefit for gravity uh, in the glymphatic system. So, um, so there is some question about whether it would be, would be beneficial to raise the head of the bed, uh, something like six inches to allow for greater drainage of our glymphatic system. Um, so these are all just some interesting questions about, uh, about the glymphatic system and how uh, we can uh, increase the amount of beta amyloid plaque uh, reduction that's happening each night. Uh, another interesting thing about this that I wanted to mention is that um, the consumption of omega-3 fatty acids has been found, uh, and otherwise uh, found in fish oils as well. There's this one study finding that, um, that there was greater clearance of beta amyloid plaques uh, by the consumption of fish oil or, or omega-3 fatty acids. Um, I think that this is uh, presumably related to the inflammatory role, but I'm not quite sure. Um, but so that as well as exercise, exercise is shown to have uh, a greater amount of um, flow in the glymphatic system. Um, uh, this was in a mouse study, so looking at mice that were exercising on like a hamster wheel, um, and, uh, and it was found to have greater uh, removal of the beta amyloid plaques. So it's another reason why exercising can be really important. And um, I got a little taken away a little bit on the subject of Alzheimer's, dementia, and beta amyloid plaques, but one other thing that's important from the learning perspective and our learning consolidation is that uh, our bodies are very contextual, and we learn 
within different contexts and our senses are very important in allowing us to also encode that information. So there has been some question about whether or not we could leverage this to increase our learning um, by, by including um, different uh, scents and, and sounds as well as different physical environments um, in order to um, increase the amount of senses that are activated during our learning. Uh, so for instance, it's been found that students who study in the environment that they're going to take their test on average score higher. Um, and similarly, it's been known that uh, the scent has a very strong role in our memory formation. So there's been some uh, question or theorizing around whether we could, um, if we're trying to learn a new topic, uh, be exposed to a certain unique scent while we're learning, and then whether or not we could uh, have that scent present while we we're sleeping as a way to encourage the consolidation of that memory into long-term memory. Uh, similarly, with uh, music or specific sounds while we're learning, uh, by playing those at a low threshold to where they're, they're not enough to awaken us at night, uh, that whether or not those can um, uh, can help to, to help our long-term memory formation while we're sleeping as well. So these are just some theories, but I find them really interesting because I think that it touches on our reality as humans of not just being, you know, just only visual creatures, but also our sense of smell and and hearing and feeling uh, um, these are in taste these are these are all uh, things that we uh, have been evolutionarily using um, to know our environment and to learn new things and so they can potentially be uh, touched upon in order to uh, allow us to perform better and uh, and and learn better so uh, these are a couple of thoughts about sleep um, so I, th I think some of the most important takeaways is that sleep is incredibly important. And uh, as we're getting older, it is important to try to maximize our lymphatic system um, flow as much as possible to wash out as much of those beta amyloid plaques as we can. So we can do that by exercising, by consuming fish oil or omega-3 fatty acids. And we can do that by getting plenty of sleep at least seven hours a night uh, if we can. Um, there are some experimental uh, questions about whether sleeping on your side or lifting up the head of the bed slightly could help with that as well, but I couldn't tell you confidently whether or not that would actually uh, have any significant effect. But nevertheless, those things are, are interesting, and as we're thinking about learning uh, for students, I think the takeaway here is that no all-nighters. All-nighters do not work. You will not be able to take in new information, and you're getting in the way of your consolidating of that memory the night before, so make sure that you're getting plenty of rest. And uh, secondly, you can continue. You can consider uh, using things like scent and sound to be able to uh, give your body some more other tags uh, to uh, attach to your uh, new learning and your new memory formation and uh, see if that has better uh, outcomes for you. Um, or at the very least, just studying in the place where you're going to take the test uh, will, will uh, likely produce some positive results for you. So those are some thoughts for today. I hope you found that helpful and uh, have an awesome day. Hey listeners, some of you have so kindly asked how you can support the podcast. You can help by supporting us on Patreon, so please kindly find our Patreon link in the show notes. You can also support us by leaving a review, so please let me know what you think about the show by leaving a review on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook as Dr. Nissen. 
And it's important to note that this podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. And the use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is content of this podcast and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.